It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining me today, my friends from the War Report. I know a lot of folks uh, that listen to this, check these guys out. Mike G and C-Dub, how we doing, guys? Amazing, Zach, amazing. Doing great, thanks for having us. Of course, of course. No, I- I'm glad this relationship has um, become what it has. I mean, definitely, you know, it was fun hopping on hopping on y'all's show over the weekend. I think that went public for everybody on Monday. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. And for folks, uh, for folks who did not get a chance to see that uh, C Dub, what's what's the best way for folks to to find that? You can definitely check us out on YouTube. Uh, visit the War Rapport R A P P O R T. And it's one of the latest uh, videos that you'll see uh, that we released a few days ago. And uh, you're going to see Zach Blackerby's face for the finally, guys. If you're if you're <laughs> listening to us in podcast land, you get to see what this guy looks like. Oh, so underwhelming. Don't tell people that. <laughs> Don't tell people that. Well, guys, I, I wanted to start things off today. I mean, we are uh, we are so close to college football being back. I think we all can feel it. I mean, that's kind of the feeling as soon as media days wraps up it's like okay when does fall camp start and so we're uh, we're less than two weeks away from that I want to just kind of go through some of the position groups and, and see what you guys think is interesting in regards to potential position battles that uh that we may see we were joking before we started uh, recording I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the quarterback position specifically with Bo Nix but I think we all agree he's the guy. I think we all agree he's the starter. Is there going to be any competition for the backup quarterback role, or do y'all think it's uh, it's TJ Finley and uh, and that's it? He's the, he's the backup. Mike G, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think that the backup quarterback position is going to be interesting because Brian Harson still has somehow explicably Grant Lloyd pretty high on his list i don't buy whether that (laughs) right uh so i don't know if that's a seniority thing or if that's an experience thing but we all saw a day so realistically speaking the move to bring tj finley in i have to believe is about having a viable backup quarterback with some sec experience yeah he went out in the sec and he won a couple games and if you've watched him play he's got a great arm and he's got the measurables but can he put the mental part of the game together under Brian Harson to be successful? We'll wait and see. Um, I, I honestly believe that that battle for uh, will extend into the season, not just for the backup, but for the starting job. Uh, now we Do you really, in, yeah, we, we're in Bo Nix's third year and this staff, I believe wants to win. Now. I don't, I don't think they're going to waste a whole lot of time on Bo Nix's non-development. If it's not there, I think they're going to evaluate that pretty quickly. I think what he's accomplished so far has earned him, the benefit of the doubt to start the season. Now, uh, how much grace will be extended if, you know, we're into October, 0-2 in the month, and not able to move the ball? I, I, I think you'll see a change there. I think that's what the move to bring T.J. Finley in kind of yeah. signals. Bo's our guy, but, you know, if it's not going to work out, let's go another direction and not waste the whole other season offensively. C-Dub, what are your, what are your thoughts on the quarterback position as far as competition and the pecking order 
as Brian Harson likes to say, going into the fall. Yeah, I, my sentiments are quite similar. Uh, okay. yeah, I'm surprised that Grant Loy is uh, that high up. I think he has something on Brian Harson that no one else has, which is why he's still firmly planted there. It's his great uh, hair. But I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking forward into the fall. I'm looking to see what TJ Finley does. He's a different quarterback than Bo Nix. Totally. All right. TJ Finley is pretty much what Bobo and Harson loves a guy who's comfortable in the pocket will stay in the pocket, which makes it interesting as to how Finley handles pressure in scrimmages uh, from Mason's defense and how he takes pressure. We saw what he did in the planes last year. It didn't quite handle that pressure too well. So I think his ability to push Bo uh, will be heavily dependent upon how he handles pressure right. in the pocket because he's not as mobile as Bo. And I agree with Mike. I think if he does well, then Harson and Bobo is going into the season knowing that if things don't go well on the road at Penn State, if things don't go well on the road in Baton Rouge, if things don't go well at home at Georgia, we have a guy that we can look to on the sideline that can come in and perhaps change some things up a bit. Yeah, so sure. I agree that Bo Nick starts the season. Um, he's firmly way out ahead of the rest of the playing field, but I, I think TJ Finley has a lot to say about how close that race gets uh, going into part, the beginning of the season, beginning of October should Auburn make one thing. One thing's clear. We will definitely see Finley, in September, whether it's mop up duty or things aren't going as well, we will definitely see Finley how well he does what determines how tight this race gets. Sure. Yeah, Zach, Zach let me add yeah. that this is uncharted territory for a lot of Auburn fans, right? For eight years, we have been sold that we had a tight quarterback race in the offseason and that we got two guys who we feel like can do the job mm-hmm. only for. The starter to maybe not work out and the backup to come in and do and, and the gap was a lot bigger than we thought it was between one and two. And it turned out, you know, there really was only one option always. Right. So Brian Harson's challenge and, you know, what he needs to deliver to this fan base is, is that the better programs in our conference do have two guys that can do the job. Mm-hmm. So this necessarily isn't about you know, Bo succeeding or failing, it's do you have a guy behind him that can come in and carry the flag? Maybe he's got a different skill set. Maybe he's good at different things than Bo is. Yeah, That's not really as important as can he come in and process the mental part of the game and execute some version of this offense that allows us to be successful. You're right, though. I mean, over the last eight years, we have been sold that there's a quarterback position battle every, every single time. Even when guys came back, like Nick Marshall's second year, everyone's like, well, Jeremy, Thanks. Jeremy Johnson. And then even with Jarrett Stidham coming back, everyone was so high on. That's the offseason. We were all super, like, pumping up Malik Willis, right? Am I, is right. my timeline right on that? So, yeah, that's an yeah. interesting point. I think the the position group that may have the most shakeup from spring to fall I don't think it will, but I think it has opportunity there is the offensive line. I expected to see a lot more movement and a lot more mixing and matching over the course of spring practice. And maybe they did it in closed practice situations and, you know, they wanted to keep that from us. But as far as what we saw in the open practice window, or excuse me, the open practice they had in front of fans, which was awesome, and then A-Day, I mean, it's pretty much the same group as last year except Troxel's in at left tackle 
Do you guys think there's any kind of position battles that could happen along the offensive front? Maybe Keandre Jones versus Brandon Council. Is that is that kind of it for you? Brandon Council will be it for me. And Harson said that he's everyone uh, is pretty much healthy, uh, with except of uh, exception of Jeremiah Wright. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting him to push someone along the line now. The thing about these guys is about council is he can play multiple positions. So it's anyone's guess who he pushes. Um, I like Keandre Jones. It seems like Nick Brahms is, is pretty much the guy at center. So yeah. Keandre Jones is pretty much would be my, my guess, but depending on, on how he looks coming off of injury. Cause of course that's going to be something to, to see how well, how healthy he is, if he's if he's really is 100%, if he really can push, if he really can play, uh, that's going to be one thing to determine. I think we'll know in the first week or so how well he's doing because the guys who've done well, we've heard their names be mentioned early and often. Jeremiah Wright being an example of yeah. that. Um, so if there's a push, we'll begin to hear rumblings of it. Right, right. And, I mean, it seems like Tayshawn Manning is safe. Brian Harson seems to love Tayshawn Manning. You talked about him all the time once spring started. So, um, you know, is, is there a battle at the tackle spots? I don't know who would push Troxel unless it's, you know, one of the Juco guys that came in last offseason. Broham seems fine at right tackle. Mike G, are you kind of in the same vein here? Yeah, you know, I think that in the first month, in the first four games, this was Auburn's ideal situation. So we'd be remiss if we didn't point out that this is a much maligned group from last year. Yeah. They bore the brunt of, in a lot of fans' minds, of what really caused our offense to struggle was QB protection, was pass protection. Now, in run blocking, they did significantly better. In pass pro, it was definitely another story. So the first thing I expect to see is that we're going to see a scheme that helps them out quite a bit this year. Uh, a scheme that is not dependent on slow developing run play action plays that gets the ball out of the quarterback's hands yeah. uh, to take a little bit of pressure off of these guys. And then in, in, in games one, two, and four, I expect that we'll see some guys rotating in there. Hopefully we're in a position where we can see some guys in action and then find out what kind of depth we have at offensive line. Where we've been at is, is, if you know our left tackle gets hurt, we're doing a merry-go-round dance to try to shuffle the fine guy. But guys are playing outside of their natural position rather than the natural backup at left tackle just stepping in. Right, right. You know, and, for the guy that's hurt. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing again more depth because we've been one deep on offensive line since like 2017. Yeah, and, I, I, I think you get the feeling that the interior lineman will be fine if somebody were to go down because, I mean, Keandre Jones stepped in for council last year, and he did a great yep. job. You know, it states yeah, right. that, you know, the four interior linemen that we've talked about, it's, it's a shame they all can't start. Um, but the tackle position is just like, I don't know what would happen if Troxel went down, which we've seen before. So that's a little concerning. Right. Or at center. You know, Nick Brahms. I think Cal's going to play center okay. Yeah, I mean, listen, Nick Brahms, at times, he had some really bright spots and some really dark spots last year. I yeah. mean, there were, you know, we interviewed King Dunlap and we reviewed the Georgia tape and there were times where Brahms looked lost. He didn't know who to block. Uh, he, you know, whole plays where he couldn't find ribs on anybody. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's the time- interesting thing about that, though, is how much of that was Brahms 
how much of that was coaching and preparation? Did the scheme match what they were trying to do? I mean, I I don't want to put all that on Brahms, and I'm not saying that you are, but I, I think you'll see less of that this year. Yeah, I put most of it on coaching, Zach. Most of it. I think that players take an, an uneven amount of the blame for not reaching their athletic potential and get thrown under the bus by coaches a lot. I thought our offensive line got hung out to dry a lot, yeah. you know, uh, in scheme last year and in prior years. So this year, what I hope to see is, is that, you know, you're asking about position battles. And the truth is, is I don't know what we have at offensive line. Mm-hmm. That's how right. poorly I feel like that position has been evaluated. Right you know, over the last few years. So, you know, hopefully we can see some evaluation to, to kind of just know a little better what we have at each position. Right. CW, are you trying to Brent, get in on that? Brent, Brandon, like, I, I'm curious to see, and you have to remember the the impact COVID had on a whole a different offensive coordinator, a, a new O-line coach last mm-hmm. year. COVID hit. We don't know how much these guys was able to learn just because they were limited in so much. And I think with a with a O-line that you piecemeal together, it was just a lot coming together at once. And in week two, you had Georgia on the road, which turned out to be a bit of a disaster for those guys. Right. And again, you just you just don't know if it was coaching or the player. Again, we we hold the coaches responsible because the last time I checked, they're the ones making the money. Yep. Right. So we definitely will hold them accountable. And. I guess with the guys behind, I'm curious to see what guys like you, you mentioned your concern about the tackle positions, right? What does Brendan coffee do mm-hmm. uh, when he gets a chance to get out there? Is there going to be mm-hmm. a drop off in terms of pass pro when you put TJ Finley out there or the second team is out there? How do, how well do they do? I think uh, one, two and four, those, those games of the, of, of the month of September be very telling about what we actually have. And hopefully those guys do well and can build some confidence. Should one of those guys along the front line go down, these guys have the experience to actually play some meaningful minutes to get in and fill in and, and do their job. Right. Yeah. You know, I just want to add for every fan listening now, there seems to be a misconception about the amount of time that is reasonable for an offensive lineman to block. And, you know, in terms of the amount of time given to our quarterback last year, our offensive line didn't do terrible. The best quarterbacks in our league had under 2.6 seconds on average to get the ball out of their hands. That was mm-hmm. their average time to throw. So you don't need much more time than that. Bo Nix had 2.89 seconds on average from this offensive line to throw the ball. Yeah, uh, I really believe that that's about scheme. If you need much longer than that in the SEC, your quarterback is going to be running for his life. Yeah, you're, you're not drawing up situations and patterns to allow your receivers, your quarterback and your offense to, to succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Or check or check downs. You're right. Not, you're not giving them the necessary check downs. If your first read isn't there, the second read is just run. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Listen, no matter how good your offensive line is, nobody's getting four seconds on average to block in our league. That's, that's not happening. Yeah. No, I, right? I think that's like part of the Madden effect. You know, people playing Madden all the time. And it's like, you know, I I should get four seconds to read the defense, you know? Absolutely. Hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. 
years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. And write Locked On Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Guys, continuing on, or, or really before we continue on to, to the next uh, position group that I want to talk about in regards to you know position battles and depth chart stuff, Tell us more about the War Report for folks who are unfamiliar with who you guys are, what kind of content you put out. Uh, you know, educate some folks who um, who need more Auburn content where they can get it. Listen, we're primarily a YouTube channel. Uh, that's our primary medium. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're a fan site. We give fan perspective. Uh, we're Auburn fans. We're fans just like everybody else. Um, but uh, we do what we call is no sunshine pumping. And that means that if you're looking for a channel to hear why Auburn's going to win every week, <laughs> you're probably not going to like us very much. Uh, but we do like to look at things objectively, uh, state what is and not always what we hope. And then, you know, make fans smarter for having learned our channel. We do a segment called Chop It Up with a Pro where we actually bring former Auburn players who have played uh, in the NFL to break down film with us and take a look and teach everybody about the game. So, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm learning along with everybody else, Zach. Sure. Um, and being able to provide that sort of content, uh, you know, to, to fans is something that, that we really enjoy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys do a, do an outstanding job for sure. So be sure to check out um, the guys at the war report on YouTube. All right. So I want to talk about position battles happening throughout the defensive backfield. We know Roger McCreary is is going to be the number one corner. Smoke Monday is going to be one of your safeties. Everything outside of that, you can kind of guess who some of the players will be, but they're so versatile. It's kind of an interesting thing to be like, okay, is not is Nehemiah Pritchett the number two corner, or is he the the slot corner slash nickel position? Is that Ladarius Tennyson because that's what he played last year? Or is he going to be one of the safeties? Or, you know, is that Donovan Kaufman now? And they want Tennyson on the field, so they're going to put him on the inside. By Darius Knighton is a guy that I keep hearing really, really good things about, the transfer. So what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, uh, C-Dub, I'll let you go first. I mean, how do you think these position battles are going to shake out? The person who I'm keeping an eye on is Drayshon Miller. Uh, that's a <laughs> transfer even from West him. Virginia. Right, yeah. And Jalen Simpson has been impressive opposite of McCreary, right? He, he, he won the job home. last year. Yeah. I mean, he's been impressive thus far. It's not like he was a weak link and we've been like, oh, God, if we can just get a transfer in. No, he's held yeah. his own. Right. So Drayshon Miller's already made it plain. Listen, I'm a one and done. I'm, I'm, this, is, this is a holding spot for me until I get drafted. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to increase my draft stock here at Auburn. So he has high expectations and – He's not coming to sit on the bench. And that's I think that's what's so interesting about the Bidarius Knightons, those guys coming in. They're not coming in for depth. They're coming in to play. Yeah. And this is already a position group that has done fairly well. 
in, in recent years. So I'm curious to see who ends up playing opposite of Smoke. Um, I want to say Knighton, but what's so interesting about these recent pickups that we've had, uh, Zach, is that these guys can do multiple things. And it's, right. it's almost like, like Mason has a huge Swiss Army knife of players that he can just use for different scenarios. So the, the feeling that I have, Zach, is that you may have a guy start out at safety, but he's also going to be playing closer to the line. He's probably going to be playing uh, the nickelback. I mean, again, we, we see uh, – what's the guy's name? I'm thinking of his, his name escapes me. You mentioned him early. I think he's Slade – Ladarius Tennyson. Right, 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 right. He's, he started off as a nickelback is now the safety. He could end up playing both positions. So I'm not sure what to expect, but I know that we're going to have our best guys on the field at all times based on the situation. And there's a lot of talented guys in that backfield to choose from. And I like the fact that they're not only building depth at that position, but they're also thinking about the future because you got some guys who are expecting to play on Sundays at that position in that backfield. So they're building for the future as well as preparing to win in 2021. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned that. I mean, who are all the guys that you would feel comfortable putting them at nickel or safety? Ladarius Tennyson, he's done it. By Darius Knighton. Donovan Kaufman's done it. Uh, I mean, uh, Nehemiah Pritchett. I, yeah. I, I mean, you could put, definitely put him at inside and corner definitely. and outside corner. So, I mean, he, he can do multiple things. Jalen Simpson, we've seen it a little bit, I think. I know we've seen him on the outside. Have we seen him play inside at all? I feel like we I have. I don't know if he has. I, I, I need to look at the injured. PFF numbers for that. I know he got. In, I think he's played mostly outside because he got yeah. injured last year, and so he mostly was at the outside when he came back. But still, mm-hmm. a, a, a long list of guys that uh, that can do a lot of different things, and I think that's really, really exciting. Mike G, I mean, wh- what do you think about this? Yeah, you know, going into this season, the defensive backfield was, in my opinion, going to be a strength of our defense. I mean, you got, I think smoke is probably the only person there who we can really say for certain, this guy is, is it man. He's starting, uh, you know, what we've seen in these transfer moves is that there, the Brian Harson era is going to be about competition, competition at every position. And, you know, we've heard from people inside the program that that's the mantra. Nobody's job is truly safe. You mm-hmm. got to come in, you got to work hard. And then you got a guy like Drayshon Miller, who is, openly stating that his plan is to play one year at Auburn and then go pro. Right. So he's extremely confident in his ability. I mean, that's a bet on yourself. You know, I mean, you're leaving a program where you're already the man to come to a better program and compete for a starting spot with plans to go to the NFL in 12 months. Right. I am. I, I I'm fascinated by that. But I love it. I love guys who will come in with that kind of fire, who believe in themselves to that extent, you know, to take on a harder challenge. Uh, I believe that'll add a lot to our team. So, you know, when you look at those uh, corner spots, I mean, we got two seniors there. We've got uh, Smoke and we've got um, Roger McCrary. Right. And then you've got Kaufman and Drayshon who are coming in and they expect to play. You know, Kaufman's got a little bit more time left. Uh, than Drayshon does, but um, yeah, I think Knighton is going to be more urgent in regards to to playing yeah. time than than Kaufman. Oh yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I mean Kaufman's a sophomore, right? But yeah. uh, Derek Mason really likes these guys totally. You know, and you know his defensive pedigree is really unquestioned. So he's bringing these guys in and think that they can contribute. 
immediately, then I've got to believe that they can. I expect to see us, especially in the first month, is going to be so crucial for Auburn. I'm going to expect to see us rotate a lot of guys and that we're going to see these guys you know, out there on the field and in the defensive backfield, right? Like right. they're going to get some, they're going to get some burn. We're going to see how they, they cover their positions. You know, if you're getting in with that second group in the, in the fourth quarter of a blowout mm-hmm. versus Georgia state, you know, I expect to see these guys go out there and lock their guys down. Right. And, 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 and keep making a case going into sec play. I mean, we start sec playoff LSU, Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, you got to have, your stuff together, Zach. No, there's no doubt about it. Uh, By game five. CW, you, you were correct. Jalen Simpson, he had 14 snaps from inside the box, five snaps from a slot corner, and then 187 playing outside corner. So, mm. yeah. So he, he, he may be one of the few DBs that are kind of slotted to a specific position today's show brought to you by our friends at bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, as well as a ton of futures up now to get involved with the college football or NFL seasons coming up. Head over to betonline.ag, and when you make your first deposit after making your free account, use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. I want to stay on the topic of defensive back play because when Auburn goes to dime and there's just one linebacker on the field, you got to assume it's going to be Owen Papo. And I think that's an interesting thing too, because I think you can get him to do many different things in coverage because he's so stinking athletic. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be an incredible situation to be in. If you can consistently force third and long situations, have multiple guys standing up on the end teeing off. And then you've got, I mean, several dudes that are going to be very, very comfortable in coverage. I mean, First and second down is going to be so important for Auburn defensively. Agreed, agreed. And and that makes the addition of Tony Fair in the offseason even more crucial. Because I love that. Now you have a stopgap uh, in the middle of your D-line that can potentially force uh, a, a third and long situation for your opposing offenses. And I'm curious to see, I mean, I've heard good things. He's a mountain of a player. Yeah. He perfectly fits uh, this this new scheme that Derek Mason is trying to uh, take us in. And I'm also keeping an eye out for J.J. Pegues. Uh, I'm curious, you know, I'm always rooting for the underdog. Uh, he was a tight end who we was curious to see how he would pan, how he would pan out. Yeah. But now he's on the D-line with all the athleticism. And I'm just eager to see if he's able to put it all together in year one in a new position to add some depth, be a, a, a solid number two guy. But I'm curious to see what the D-line does to force these third and long so that these guys, and we saw it in spring, Mason likes to bring pressure. Mm-hmm. And so if you're able to get opposing offenses in third and long, I'm I'm fascinated to see how well the, the back end of our defense performs in those situations. What are y'all's expectations for Truesdale? He's a guy that we, you know, he's just kind of, forgotten about i mean he doesn't really come up a whole lot in conversations anymore what do y'all think about him 
listen, it's a competition. It's all a competition. So, you know, if you're being forgotten in the conversation under this new administration, it may be uh, because there's competition all around you now and other guys are putting in the work uh, to stand out to this coaching staff. You know, I like Truesdale. Um, I thought that he shined in spots at times. Um, but you know, with, uh, the, uh, some of the injuries that we had in the off season and then, you know, moving JJ Pakis to defensive line, uh, they're, they're, I, they're going to have to mix it up on, on, on D line. I think that pass rush and pressure from the line has been probably one of the most disappointing parts of Auburn football's defense over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Even when we had Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson and those guys, it seemed like we never really pressured quarterbacks as much as we should have with the level of talent that we had. Right. So when you have lockdown corners, um, there should be some opportunities for those guys to get in the backfield and and wreak some havoc. You got corners who can give you an extra second locking down their guy. And I I believe we have four of them. Mm -hmm. I really do. I believe we have four lockdown corners. How that's going to affect the defense is, is that when there's nobody to throw to, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to change the the offense is going to have to change the game up. And those guys should be in the backfield wreaking havoc. You know, somebody like J.J. Pegues, who has got all the athleticism, he's got the size, and if he can get the technique got great and feet. be able yeah, you know, uh, use his hands and, and leverage his weight um, to, uh, to rip his guy and get in the backfield and get after the quarterback and, and force him out of the pocket, this, this could be a dangerous Auburn defense. So uh, pass rush will have a lot to do with that. I, I'm looking forward to watching the competition there as well. Truesdale, I think, listen, it, we're not just going to be in just a 3-4. Uh, Mason has already made it uh, known that we're going to have multiple fronts, and Truesdale will definitely be a part of it. Uh, I was happy for him to come back for another year. He had the extra year right. uh, due to COVID. So, again, it's, it's an opportunity to prove yourself to this new staff that, hey, I can be a viable piece to this D-line, and I can be a guy that you can use uh, along the D line. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for all these guys. And again, as Mike alluded to, I'm interested to see competition. I like the, I like that these guys know and understand that, Hey, I have to bring it every snap because I have another guy who wants my position. Mm-hmm. That just makes for a better D line room and better play along the defensive front. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. C up Mike G with the war report. Where can people, Follow you guys on social media and check out all the great content you guys are putting up. Uh, well, you know, we're The War Report on Twitter and Instagram. We're, we, we're actually on TikTok. We're TW Report on TikTok. Okay. We're actually, uh, we're The War Report on YouTube where we began. Uh, go there, check us out, subscribe, all that. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with Locked on Auburn. Uh, Zach, you're a true professional. Um, we're just trying to follow in your footsteps here and all of our content creation. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Well, you guys are awesome. Um, y'all want to y'all want to promo your uh, your personal accounts too, or just war report stuff? Just war report stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Perfect. Well, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Tomorrow it'll be um, a Ferg Friday as Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joins us as he does every single Friday. We'll be back then, right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.